Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's going on, Tyler? Oh, Mike. Uh-oh. It's a new day. Tyler, I feel I feel like you might be a little bit mad at me about well, we just had our listener league draft, and uh, I, I did take Ricky Rubio from you. I am not only mad about that. I'm mad about the name calling. I'm not oh. on here for one day, and you go out and call me names. Well, I feel like me taking Ricky Rubio earlier in our listener league draft, which I. I did a, a live recording of our of our draft, which goes to show you really the difference between a live draft and a mock draft. In our in your mock drafts, you all those low guys like Gary Harris and, and Jamal Murray, they're all going to fall to you in a mock draft because there's no real people drafting near the end of those drafts. But in a real draft, those guys started going out from the f- fifth, sixth, seventh round uh, with a bunch of our our listeners, so they knew we were after those guys. But I knew you were after Ricky Rubio. But after that. You took everybody I wanted. And you're being a dick. No. See, here's what happened, okay? You, after many, many of times stating you love Eric Bledsoe, you'd make out with Eric Bledsoe. You, I do like Eric Bledsoe. You love him over Ricky Rubio, and then you snake my Ricky Rubio for me with Eric Bledsoe on the board. So not only did you steal my guy, but you lied to me on multiple occasions. It was, it was, a long, it was the long con. It worked. <laughs> and then, so to make matters worse, and then you called me names for it. I, no, I called you names for taking uh, play, all these players that I obviously wanted, like no, 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 Bob no. Covington. No, no, and, you called me a name on the podcast when you were making that pick. Well, you know, maybe. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. There's obviously no way to prove that. And um, we're just going to have to move on. I think we're going to have uh, – I'm looking forward to our head-to-head week, whenever whenever that may be. Oh, no. This is a new rift. So I want everyone to tweet at me what team you're going to be on. Are you going to be hashtag WTB Mike or are you going to be hashtag WTB Tyler? Because – Trust me, I'm thinking Mike's in the wrong here. Number one, he snaked my guy. And number two, he called me names for it. That is he not true. My guy and called me names at the same time. That is not true. Tyler snaked all of my favorite players all the way through the draft, including Jaron Grant at the end of the draft, knowing that he got that hot you tip. You didn't even have a you pick yet. You got that hot tip for me. You got that hot tip for me. You didn't even have a pick left, though. How do I snake someone from you when I'm you didn't saying. have a pick left? I'm just saying. I was going to pick him up on waivers after see, I, I did something smart. I was, uh, I had, we were two injured reserves in this league and I took Zach Levine and uh, Jabari Parker. I'm going to stash them on the injured reserve list and I was going to pick up Jaron Grant and he snagged him. Uh, I don't think I snagged him. I think you did. I think he'll be out on waivers soon enough. I'll probably end up dropping him. So yo, I, you can have him. I think you will. And I think I'll, I'll be picking him up. But anyways, I thought the, the rest of the listeners were, were well prepared. Um, there were a few Rikas that kind of surprised me, but not really, I guess. I mean, it was a good night. It was a fast night, too. We, we got that thing through in, what, like about an hour 20? So it was, it was good. Yeah, it was an incredibly quick draft, but I think that just goes to show uh, the listeners who joined the league were prepared. 
for the draft, and they were um, they're all there, ready. I think uh, everyone eventually showed up. I think maybe a couple guys missed the first couple rounds, but um, in fact, I'll, I'll just really quickly. Uh, one of the guys who missed the first two rounds, he ended up getting Kawhi Leonard at eleven, which which is uh, I think fairly insane. And then the, he got auto picked Kyrie Irving in in the second round. So I'm sure when he showed up, he was like, "How the hell did this happen?" Yeah, no, uh, I, I was surprised Kawhi fell as far as he did. I just a little bit scared off. Um, I I did not pick Kawhi. I had the ninth pick, and I did not pick Kawhi. I'm just a little bit scared off that. He the pop basically said, "Yeah, he hurt this quad last year, and he had the whole summer to heal up, and now he's still feeling it." That just kind of freaked me out. But that injury is getting a little bit more sp- uh, suspicious by the day. Yeah, well, and he's still not practicing yet, which that's a little bit worrisome. Um, the other thing too is I think that Pop may may just be playing his old snake card. You know what I mean? Like he might be letting Nick, but or Matt and Kawhi Leonard practice in the backcourt. You know what I mean? Like just somewhere where no one can see, and then like on opening night, he'll just come out and score like thirty I'm, points. I'm sure he'll he'll score thirty five on opening night, hundred percent chance. Um, there was a lot of really, uh, I think, really good draft picks, a lot of good drafting, um, some very suspicious reaches. But like this is this is the difference. Like in a in a mock draft, you're not going to see this, but in this you know real draft, you saw Nerlens Noel, Gary Harris, and Jamal Murray, and Ben Simmons all go in the fifth round. Which one's worth it? If you had to pick one, pick one that's worth it this year. Who are you going Gary, with? Gary Harris. Yep, that's mine too. Ben Simmons almost... will be my second, though, which might surprise the people. Ooh, I think that he's good. He is going to be. I think he is going to be pretty good. Um, the the fact that Jamal Murray doesn't seem like he is part of that starting rotation is is a little suspicious to me at this point. Well, and and let's say too that the team who picked him was going with kind of a no point guard strategy. That's um, true, and he's he's a point guard ish, right? He's he's a kind of a combo guard, really. I don't think he's ever going to get that many assists. So I think that was kind of a an all right pick. It was a little earlier than I would have went for it, but sometimes those gambles are what wins you the league. That is true. Um, that, that that fifth, sixth, seventh round got very interesting. A lot of um, a lot of players who usually go earlier in drafts uh, fell pretty far, and um, including. For some reason, I couldn't pass him up. I know we've been talking trash about him, but in the sixth round, Drew Holiday was there with my with my pick, and I just, I just had to take him, even though I already had a, a pretty good point guard set. Well, and and the thing we've been slagging him off for is is Rondo's in town, and and Rondo's hurt now. Yeah, Rondo's um, gonna be out the first few months, and then of course on the podcast, I announced that I'm gonna swindle every our listeners with with Drew Holiday before Rondo comes back, uh, failing to realize that they're they're in a listener league. So they would be listening to me tell them how I'm going to swindle them. Yeah, he had the surgery today, right? So he's out four to six weeks. Um, so it's not as bad as I thought. I thought it might be a little longer if he had this surgery. A lot of times those are kind of hard to recover from. But uh, four to six weeks doesn't sound that bad. About three weeks, basically. Maybe only missing Rondo. So enjoy the first three weeks, Mike. I will. I will enjoy them. Um Greatly, and I will be trading you Drew Holiday. Only if it's for Ricky Rubio. So we, we, we have to finish off our top eight who do I draft segments. and We, we only got two players left. And uh, tonight I think we're going to be looking at – I think you've said this before. One of your favorite picks potentially 
could be the number one fantasy player in the league this year, but is 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 going regularly out of the top four, top five. Uh, and that would be f- former MVP, st- two-time MVP, right? Steph Curry. Yes, two-timer. Two-timer. Um, yeah, so he's going fourth, sixth, and sixth. Yahoo at fourth. That's wild. ESPN. And I think he's going to be the number one player in fantasy this year, and he would be my number one pick. Is that crazy, Mike? No, it's not. I, I want to tell you you are crazy, but I, I just – if Steph Curry gets back to – 90% of what he did two seasons ago, 80%, 70%, doesn't that almost – even that almost makes him the best player in the league. He was he was unconscious. Here is my two, so. my theory behind why I think he's going to be the number one guy. Okay, he, he shot 46.8% from the field last year and 41.1% from three-point land. Those both sound great, right? But then when you frame it with the fact that he shot 49% on averages for the two seasons before that and a crazy 44.7% from three-point, if he gets anywhere near those numbers, which is a two-year sample size of a lot of shots, a lot, a lot lot of shots, then he's closer to 27 27 and a half, maybe 28 points. He averaged two over two steals for two straight years and only 1.8 last year. I think he could push closer to that two number again. I mean, 28 points, four and a half rebounds, 6.6, assists, two steals, 0.2 blocks, a crazy like four and a half three-pointers a game. I mean, doesn't that just it's, sound like it's not out of it's not out of the realm of possibility? It just really it just really isn't. And man, I mean, Steph Curry is obviously going to play. He has been healthy. I know there's that you know a handful of years ago where he twisted that ankle, but he's been healthy ever since. And so I, I just don't feel anyone should be worrying about Steph Curry. Five straight and, years of seventy-eight games plus. Yeah, I just haven't seen anyone on board with Steph Curry, and. Uh, I think they're wrong. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, he's the only guy in that top kind of five range where I could s- say he's going to take a step forward, right? Like all the other guys have new teammates. You know, some reason why you could go, okay, maybe he's as good as he was last year. Maybe he even takes a little step back. I think Steph Curry is the only one I can safely say I think he takes a step forward. And that's crazy to think about. So – we're going to take him with the fifth pick in this draft. I think that's fair. Um, that's where a lot of people are actually getting Steph Curry. And we're going to do a 10-team head-to-head. We've been doing 12 teams so far, but we, we have a lot of people who are out there doing a little bit shallower drafts, getting back to their picks. And um, I think the 10-team makes it a little bit more interesting because you get you get a pick from some better players, and uh, it's just a little bit more fun. I'm with you on that. So let's go ahead and move to the second round. We're going to be taking the 16th pick in this draft, taking uh, obviously Steph Curry with our fifth pick. And um, right right away already we are uh, destroying everybody in three-pointers. And there's really nothing Steph Curry does bad. So other than obviously he's a guard, so he's not going to block uh, too many shots. But everything else he is pretty great at. Even his turnovers are, are, are perfectly fine for for a point guard. 
Is there in this next round any anyone that you like to to peg up with Steph Curry, or, or, or are we still going with the best case scenario? I think that if you're in a ten team league, this is a great spot to be in. A fabulous, fabulous spot to be in yeah. because you are going to get a Demarcus Cousins, a Chris Paul, a Damian Lillard, a Paul George, a Jimmy Butler. Some of those guys are going to be there. Someone's going to fall. And you're kind of. That's what I mean. You're going to kind of get your pick of maybe one or two of those guys. Of like, ooh, do I want Damian Lillard or Paul George? Do I want Jimmy Butler or Damian Lillard? Do I want you know Demarcus oh. Cousins or Damian Lillard? Like these guys, some of these guys are going to fall. Which one of these guys do you want to? I mean, let's let's play this little game. Which one of these guys would you want to fall to you the most? If you could pick any of that group, we're talking Chris Paul, LeBron James, Nokic, or not Nokic, Jokic. Wow, Nokic, uh, Nokic, uh, his brother, Jikolai Nokic, and uh, Demarcus Cousins, or even Kyrie Irving, or John Wall, I guess too. Any any of those guys? Um. It's probably Boogie. I love Boogie. Who doesn't love Boogie? I like the Boogie, man. Got to get down. You know, Boogie is going to shoot a ton of threes. He's going to boost your blocks, but his percentages are a bit uh, off for for Curry. Um, Curry's going to shoot, you know, probably uh, a ton, but he's he's going to shoot in the high 40s, and he's going to have a great free throw percentage. While Boogie is going to have a uh, high volume uh, – mediocre free throw percentage and a high volume mediocre field goal percentage. So uh, other than loving Boogie for the fact that he's going to probably hit over two, three pointers a game, score a billion points. Why I love double digit rebounds. Like why why do you like him so much? It's it's, it goes to my strategy, right? I mean, I don't really super care about those percentages. Like, yeah, Steph Curry's got great percentages, but anyone you pick in that first round is going to have great percentages. That's why they go in the first round, right? They can do everything. Um, so I don't give a shit about those percentages. I'm going to punt those. And so now I've got Boogie's gigantic rebounds to pair with Steph Curry's all right rebounds. I've got two, I mean, a center with some pretty good assists and a point guard with some pretty good assists. I am amazing in steals. I'm feeling all right in blocks now because I got Boogie and I am just crushing it in points. Yeah, I like that. And so I, I think you're actually onto something like the fact that like it just doesn't matter. And that's something I've been preaching uh, for the last three weeks is that that second round, it doesn't matter. Everybody wants to know, who am I going to pair with Kevin Durant in the next round? Well, I don't, any one of these players, it, it, those all those players are very, very good. And in this specific case, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, you can make that work. Kyrie Irving, you can definitely make that work. Uh, I like Jokic a lot in in this spot here because his percentages are really good. His blocks are weak, and so you could actually go with a, a punt block type of um, start when you look at it. But Jokic is going to give you those high assists. He's the one. Help. He's the one, though, I just don't think he drops to 16. Now, maybe, I don't think he does either. Maybe if you're in one of those leagues where Curry drops to like 8-9, which I've seen it happen, then maybe you can get Jokic. But, I mean, he just... I don't know, 16, that seems a lot, especially because he's kind of one of the big hype names, right? And we see this every year that some of these younger guys get the hype of, ooh, they're going to be a top 10 player. They're going to finally, you know, jump into that awesome tier. And, I mean, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. It's hard to say at this point. Yeah. I would um, I, I would doubt he falls to you at 16. 
I honestly no. think I would doubt Demarcus Cousins was here at sixteen, but that's what I was gonna say. Really I possibly. honestly think the pick is probably gonna be between two of Lillard, George, Butler, and then you got guys like Rudy Gobert in there probably. Um, which there it gets interesting. I'd probably go Jimmy Butler though. Um, yeah, I love Jimmy Butler. Um, he compliments. Steph Curry really well, but so does Paul George. So does Damian Lillard. If you went Damian, if if Damian fell there, I'd actually I think I'd lean towards him because you got two bulk scorers, two monster three point shooters. So you could kind of stop paying attention to your three point shooters for three pointers for a little bit. You're already so you're already setting your guards. You already got really good assists. You got good rebounds from your guards. Your steals are uh, pretty good. Dame's uh, shooting percentage is gonna is gonna bring your field goal down a little bit, but your points and and threes are going to be elite already. And you can focus on your next round being um, guys like maybe Kevin Love, maybe you go Ricky Rubio, maybe you go Chris Stapps or Turner if they actually fall to the 25th spot. Um, I think Dame gives you the ability to ignore guards for a while. Even though there are some pretty decent guards in these next few rounds, you can focus on uh, snagging someone like Chris Middleton. Yeah, I mean, I love Dame. Dame's always hard to uh, say no to, but I mean, that's I guess my point is in, in saying all this is you're gonna get someone who's awesome. Yeah, no matter what happens, it's gonna be no fun. worries. Uh, so who so who should we take logically for this build? Uh, do you want to go cousins? Uh, do you want to go Dame? Do you want to go Jimmy? Um, well, let's see here. Um, actually, if if we're gonna play Yahoo, Jimmy has the lowest ADP of those. Uh, both are below. Lower than Paul George. Yes, Yahoo. It is oh. George sixteen, Lillard seventeen, Jimmy Butler eighteen. Wow. And ESPN, it's Butler seventeen, Damian Lillard eighteen, Paul George nineteen. Huh. I'll be. So I would say it's between those three guys. I'll let you pick the man. If you want to go Lillard, we'll go Lillard. Um. I think this is a this is an aggressive punt build if we go Lillard and uh, those seem to be a little bit more entertaining than a than a middle of the road bill and I actually think Damian Lillard is I, I like him a lot and I, I think I like him a little bit more I don't know Jimmy Butler could be pretty amazing this year as well um, we kind of left that Rudy Gobert here but I think we're I think we should just ignore we've been uh, ignoring Rudy Gobert I think that to me and here's why I don't. I'm not going Rudy Gobert. To me, um, there's still some sexy big guys left that I, I actually kind of. I won't say I like them better than Gobert, but I like the value of having a Butler, a George, a Lillard, and one of those big men than I do having a big man and one of those other guards in the range that I've talked about. I don't really like like Kemba Walker, Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley. Like I, I don't know that I hate those guys. It's just I don't feel like there's a lot of value there. Whereas some of the big men, I feel like there's some value. Yeah, and since you don't terribly love that that group of guards uh i do kind of like going dame here because he is he is a better guard and your your point guards are are locked down your points are locked down your three pointers are locked down you don't really have to pay attention to that and your sister also uh very very good let's go with dame all right let's do it so next up in the third round for the 25th pick um we're probably going to swing back to looking at a big, but potentially we could see players like Chris Porzingis, Blake Griffin, Miles Turner, 
Marcus Soul, Kevin Love. Any of the any of these players you like better for our build? When we we're already good at we're we're good at points, we're good at threes. We could go Kevin Love and just get even sillier with threes and grab and grab those rebounds and do a true kind of punt block strategy. Um, if I'm picking from a big man here, um, I think that Miles Turner will be available, which I always love Miles Turner. Obviously, um, if, to me, it's probably between Miles Turner and Marcus Saul. Yeah, why why do you like them a little bit more than Kevin Love and and maybe Chris Stapps if he's there? I don't think Chris Stapps will be there. I think I that, don't either. I think he's one of the ones that's kind of another one of those guys who's kind of surging up, and I kind of see him more getting picked in that late second, maybe like on the turn there. So he's in the third, but he's really I mean part of the second. This guy gets two picks in a row. Um, so I don't really think he's going to be there. So I, I'll let's leave him out because we talk about him a ton, and I think he solidified himself with the mellow trade as being probably the number one option on that team. And and he does what he does, right? We talk yeah. about that a lot. Well, we talk about Turner and Marcus Ole a lot too. We 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 love the. Well, there's a, a group of people we love in this round, and it's it's Miles Turner, Marcus Ole, Ricky Rubio. Maybe if you can get a, if you need to take him this early because someone's going to snag him from under your under your nose, or. Uh, Oh, here's Kevin Love. Here's the hate on, on Kevin Love for me. Uh, Such so the hate. I mean, this is a third round pick, so I don't think there really is any hate. Um, not a steal and only half a block. That just the steal part bothers me in in this build. Yeah, and so like, but if I'm going Marcus Soul, there's not much difference. Uh, if anything, you look at what Kevin Love does. And he gives you way more rebounds, which we don't have. He boosts but, our threes even where, further. Here's where I think that everyone's missing the boat on Marc Gasol. Uh, Marc Gasol played 74 games last year. How high do you think Marc Gasol ranked in, a, in an eight or nine category league? Because I can tell you. As far in as totals, total value. Totals? Yep. Totals. Ugh, I'm going to say like 32nd. He ranked... 26th in 8-cat and 28th in 9-cat. Well, that's pretty good. And I'm, I'm always on Marcus Gasol. I, I like Marcus Gasol. I end up with Marcus Gasol in a lot of my leagues because no one else likes Marcus Gasol. He's boring. So, um, seven rebounds, okay, which isn't a ton for a big man. I'll give you that. But I'm going to get some threes now. I'm going to get some blocks. I'm going to get the same steals as Kevin Love. But I'm going to get 1.3 blocks. But so do we care big, about blocks? A big boost. But but see, here's the thing. Here's where, I mean, even if we're punting blocks, okay, if I'm looking at two similar players, that incremental gain there maybe wins me one week in a head-to-head league. You agree with that? I mean, that's we're talking almost a full block a game. So maybe I'm playing the worst team in blocks for the championship. Maybe we're the two worst teams in blocks, but we both made the championship. Well, maybe you, blocks even if you're the like category the... I win to win it. Even if you're the third worst team in blocks or the fourth worst team in blocks, all right, you 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 probably gonna snag out a few, like you're saying, a few weeks that you probably didn't deserve just because you you had uh, someone who can get blocks on your team instead of completely punting them, you're just ignoring them, and that's fine to get Marcus Soul. Plus, I mean, I think it's literally probably two more assists a game and that's relatively like. the same points. So, like, I don't really see any way I'm gonna pick Kevin Love over. Marcus Salt, unless I need the three pointers or those big bulk rebounds, which 
we we don't need the three pointers. I think I think you make an argument that we do need the bulk rebounds, especially with Kevin Love moving to center for at least the first half of this season. But I like Marcus Hill's assists. They boost uh, our already two very good but not great assist guards and gives us an extra bump in, in assists from our center spot. And it gives us what we can look at now. I mean, if you bump Marcus Hill's assist down to like two, right? You can give those two extra assists one to each of the two guards you have. And now we have two pretty elite assist guards and an average big man, right? I mean, the four and a half makes a big difference for Marcus. It really does. There is a huge difference between four and a half and and 2.1. And it doesn't seem like there should be, but there completely is. It's it's noticeable. So let's go with Marcus Soule. We got Curry, Dame, and Marcus Soule here. Um, It looks like we are probably still not terribly – interested in blocks and field goal. But our rebounds are, are, are not – they're not bad, but they're not great. Our three-pointers are elite, and our points are still still great, and our sister are very good. Um, so, and our, field throw, our free throw is, is great as well. So let's keep that in mind as we go into the fourth round. For the 36th pick in this draft, we are looking – at a, a, a really nice slate of players this since this is a 10-person draft, not a 12-person draft. Um, in fact, in perhaps in ESPN leagues, you could g- get Kevin Love on uh, with this pick, but uh, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I think that's I think that's ridiculous if you can get Kevin Love in this pick. Um, Paul Millsap might be available. Chris Middleton, one of our favorite uh, players to pick. Devin Booker's being picked this high, which I think is a little too high, but there he is. Brooke Lopez, Dennis Schroeder, um, Jeff Teague, a lot of these uh, lower lower guards that we can now reach down for if we desire. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think there's a lot of just really interesting players available in this range, and I think that's the kind of the difference between a 10- and a 12-team league, right, is, I mean, there's a Brooke Lopez type and a, and a Chris Middleton still here. Whereas, like, those guys are gone. Um, in a 12-person league. Yeah, and um, I mean, it depends on what 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 your flavor is, what you like to do. Uh, it really doesn't matter, but a 10-team league is fun to draft because it does. there's just so many more players you have access to. Um, and I'm, well, I'm looking at this, and I'm liking someone either like Paul Millsap or, or Chris Middleton. Both can play the forward spot. Both are going to score fairly well. Both are going to hit even more threes. We're going to get uh, rebounds out of Millsap. Uh, Chris Middleton is going to bump our steals pretty pretty hardcore, which would be a, a nice addition to the squad. Uh, do you like either one of those guys, or is there someone else you're thinking of? You know who I want. Oh. <laughs> um, don't kid yourself, Mike. You, you know that I want Middleton. Um I'll say this about Millsap. I'm I'm interested to see what old Paulie here pulls off in Denver this year. I like um, his fit there. I, I really do. I think he's going to have a, I wouldn't say a, a resurgence, but definitely a, a bounce back season. He's got something to play for. He's got a passing big near him, and he always plays well with a passing big when he used to play with Al Horford. Um I just I, I like what Paul Millsap. I, I think he's going to be rejuvenated, even though he is a ripe age of thirty three years old. And here's another thing. Oh no, he's I, not that old, is he? He is thirty two. 
He's 32. Here's another thing I like about Millsap's situation is I think that Jokic is, is not a great defender. He's not. Um, I think that letting Jokic do a little bit more on the offensive end and not making Millsap do quite as much like he had to do last year with the Hawks could allow Millsap's defensive stats to kind of tick back up because he can expend more of his energy on that defensive end, which is, is kind of a bit of a leap of faith. I understand that. Um, I think it could see those steal numbers tick back up closer to like 1.8, and maybe the block numbers tick back over one, which would be big for Millsap. Yeah, that would be huge. Um, you always want to get that kind of production, uh, especially someone you're going to have to probably pay the market price for. Chris Middleton, you're not paying the market price for. And uh, though people are on to Chris Milton this year, sadly, as uh, usually a, a guy who sneaks by, but in, in most of the rankings out there, he's ranked uh, pretty high on the, on the, on the public rankings. And uh, he, he is going around the 40th pick here. So I still think he could be ranked too low. Is that crazy? It's not, ter- it's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. I, I mean, if, go look at what he did two, two years ago. I seriously think he could push those numbers up too. I think he could push closer to 20 points a game. And with the rest of it, now there's no blocks. I mean, that's the kind of the one bad thing. But we're talking four and four with 1.7 steals and 20 points. If he can get there, I'm pretty interested. Yeah, two two seasons ago, he was not terribly far off of that. 18 points, four rebounds, four assists. And, and the, like we said, those four assists add up uh close uh close to two steals and um almost two three-pointers a game and that's that's a ton of uh stats across the board there let's uh let's take him let's take him with our 36 pick in this draft in the fourth round and let's move on to the fifth round anyone in the fifth round we we already are looking really good at three pointers I, I i think we can safely ignore three pointers with this with this pick if we would so desire um our rebounds are probably a, uh, the most the biggest struggle with our with our team right now something we're not trying to punt but it, it looks like we might be leaning that way um and also our our blocks are not uh, something we're interested in, in pursuing, along with our field goal percentage. So, uh, is there any direction you want to go here? I think we. I'm leaning towards uh, another big, but you, you, you take it. Here's where I'm looking at the team. I'm looking at blocks and field goal percentage are the two things I'm punting. Um, I think I can make up the rebounds, and here's why. I think later on in the draft, guys like Enos Cantor, Guys like Jonas Valanciunas, there's guys who are going to get you those big bulk rebounds. And, I mean, like, Cantor all the time is going to be had to, like, pick 100. If that guy's getting you eight rebounds a game, that's a pretty big load of rebounds, especially when there's not that many guys who average 10 anymore. So I think we're going to be all right in rebounds. We're going to make that one up. We're behind, but we're going to make it up. The other ones, I'm probably not worried about at this moment. I think that's fair. And so we could still kind of go with best players available in, in this situation since you, you do believe that we can get some more rebounds later in the draft. Uh, Jeff T could still be available at this pick. He is currently averaging being 45th exactly. Uh, looks like Lonzo Ball is someone uh, who will be available if you're interested in uh, 
reaching down for Lonzo Ball are Ben Simmons, Al Horford, Nurkic, Otto Porter, D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio. I know you love Ricky Rubio. I'm probably looking at a point guard here. I'm I'm not gonna lie because this is the situation. This is where my run of point guards, right, that I feel real real good about. It ends in this general range. These are the last interesting point guards. Not interesting. I mean, there's guys, right? I mean, you you talked about I took Jerry and Grant with the last pick. I think he's going to be a starting point guard, which is somewhat interesting, I guess. But these are the guys I feel pretty rock solid about, the Jeff Teagues, the the Ricky Rubios. I feel good about those point guards. I feel good about that's going to be a solid contributor to my team, giving me the assists, giving me the steals, giving me the things I need from a point guard. Let, let me let me throw a, a name out there for you. Victor Oladipo. If you think Victor Oladipo is going to be around with the next pick, knowing that you could get him with that next pick, though there's nothing nothing promised here. In fact, if you're in a live draft, I think this is where you have to take him. But maybe you're playing with not uh, not, not not someone who listens to this uh, podcast and is in the listener league, and we've been telling him to pick Oladipo <laughs> earlier in the draft. I I, I honestly think, and, and I've done a few drafts of of actual people, right? Some actual drafts, and a lot of people feel burned by Oladipo still. Now we've been championing him, so I knew he was going to go high in our draft. Oh, yeah. I've I've seen him stick around there into the fifties. So. Let's just say you know you can get him in with, with you're pretty sure you're going to get him with your next pick. Do you now shy away from a guard in this in, in this in this fifth round? Not at all. Interesting. So you would go guard guard here, even though we are pretty short on on forwards and centers. We're um, already we're already good at at our points. We're already good at a three pointer. It's it's important to remember too. It's ten team league. True. So so we're at pick. You know, we're, we're at a five and a six every round, okay? I mean, look at some of the big men that are still left here. Even a few rounds down, you're going to have a Julius Randle. You're going to have a Clint Capella. You're going to have a Valanciunas. I mean, th- what's wrong with these guys? I, I don't hate yeah. them. LaMarcus will be around. Even Serge Ibaka will be around. That's what I mean. So there's going to be guys. And the category we're only really super worried about it making up is rebounds, right? It's like there's some guys, I mean – Al Horford isn't going to get that many rebounds. Now, Al Horford does some great other stuff, sure. But we don't really care about blocks, right? There's some bulk rebounding dudes down there who don't get any blocks, like Julius Randle. So, so if you're looking at a guard here, who do you, you think about taking here? Well, let's see here. I am thinking about... Ricky Rubio, I mean, I'm always thinking about Ricky Rubio just because I think he could get some. Um, Also, I mean, uh, Schroeder, Teague, it's hard to say who I'm going to go for here. Um, I'd probably go Rubio, Teague, and then Schroeder if it was me, personally. Rubio, Teague, and Schroeder. Is D'Angelo Russell in that conversation? Um, Probably behind Dennis Schroeder he is. Ooh, interesting. Does did the situation with Dennis Schroeder in Atlanta does that does that bother you at all? I, I believe uh, someone is pressing charges against Dennis Schroeder for for battery. Yeah, for punching him in the face, I think. Yeah. Uh, so the legal situation will have to play out. They don't do the NFL fake thing where like, we oh, you haven't had your court date yet, but you're suspended already. 
They don't do that. No, they treat it like a, a legal matter, which it is. And right. um, he'll he'll deal with his legal matter, and he might, if found guilty, he'll probably get suspended for a little bit. Yeah, and and so I mean that's but they, they deal but, with it like a smart league would. But isn't that maybe after the season? Maybe that's next season. I don't know. You know, lawyers always ask for continuances for a person like this because, and the judges a lot of times will grant them because, you know, in the end of April, even if they make it, you know, to the playoffs or whatever, however far they make it, doesn't matter. They're, he's going to have time off to, to hear this case, right? A lot of times they don't do it during the season. They'll let them continue it till after the season's over. So I'm not super worried about that at all. Um, it could come up and he could get suspended for 10 games. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, but, we, we don't know at this point, but we don't think it's going to actually affect uh, Dennis Schroeder's overall value this, this season. And uh, I, I like Dennis Schroeder in this spot here simply because um, – you can ignore your field goal. He's gonna he's gonna score a ton, and he's probably a little bit better at assists than Teague will be this season. But um, if you like Teague more, uh, you can you can convince me. I mean, I, I don't. I definitely don't think I, I want Teague, just in the sense that. I mean, I think that the points are are big here, right? I mean, we can get that twenty, and I don't think Teague's gonna get that. And so, I, I mean, I like Schroeder here for this this particular build. Yeah, we're, we're destroying people in points right now. Uh, Teague's going to jump on our uh, bandwagon of getting even more threes, and he's going to provide a, a solid amount of assists, a steal per game. Uh, we're ignoring field goals, so we don't care that his field goals aren't great. And uh, he, he gets uh, – he'll probably get a decent amount of rebounds. Not, not a, he's not a negative in, in rebounds for a point guard. And uh, I like that. I think we'll go with him. Sixth and final round of our, our quick draft here. Um, I'm going to let you take it. This is always a crapshoot. We never know who to go with. This is a time to reach. You can reach down for Gary Harris. You could look at Aaron Gordon. Um, there's there, there's a ton of people to pick with this pick, especially since we're picking 56. You might see uh, LaMarcus Aldridge still available, Vujovic. Oladipo could still be here. Julius Randle is, is someone who's sneaking up in the draft side. And I think it's actually I, – I, I at first I didn't think that was warranted, but the more I'm watching Randle in this preseason, uh, might be a little bit warranted that he's sneaking up in drafts. I don't think it's warranted, though, in the sense that he's still not going to get any blocks and steals. I mean so – If you're not worried about – him in the seventh round? Eh? If, yeah, but, I mean, what, what's what's his stat line? You, you tell me his stat line that should get me interested in him in the seventh round. Let's let me let me go find my main man, Julius. If he's doing a uh, fifteen and ten with um, three assists, shooting uh, close to fifty percent, that'd be interesting. I could be interested in that. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, without the steals and the blocks. It's half a block and half a steal that really, really kills him. But, but right. he starts, what's if he hits like a three a game? I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it either. Especially be considering he shot 27% for his career. Like, is that a shot you want more often? Uh, and they keep saying, right, if you listen to any Laker game, if you listen to the actual Lakers broadcast of any game, it's, oh, Walton wants him to be Julie. Or, want, yeah, Walton wants Randall. 
to be Draymond Green. Every time I say it, I swear I've heard it a hundred times since Luke Walton has been coached, right? Between last year's preseason, last year's regular season, and now this preseason, I swear I've heard it a hundred times. But he can't shoot threes like Draymond Green. No. He can't. He can't do it. He can't hit them at that percentage. He can't. So, I mean, he's a crap Draymond Green with no steals and no blocks and no threes. Okay. I mean, if you want that. He is only 23. But is he sudden? Like, a lot of times when we see guys hit more threes, it's not that the percentage ticks up that much. It's just they take a lot more shots. Right? I mean, some guys do improve their percentages, but not. he's not going to get to 35%, which is well to what the league average is. He's 27 now. He might get it to 30. Okay. Well, even still at 30%, like how many threes is he really going to shoot? Yeah, three or four. Yeah, so I mean, he shoots three, and he, you know, I mean, if he shoots four, yeah, that's that's one a game. Okay, I mean, that's fine, I guess, but not anything special. And just, I don't know, if I if you could promise me the steals and the blocks would tick up a little bit, I'd be a little more interested in. But I mean, we had a draft where I took him in the sixth round. Uh, the other week, and it was a 12-teamer, obviously, but I needed yeah. rebounds. And his rebounds are potentially special, especially with Brooke Lopez around, who's not a big rebounder. And how how late you can get him in, in drafts is getting those types of rebounds out of him. It's pretty um, uh, a pretty good value. But I just don't see, like, like some sites have have him picked as the breakout player. Like, uh, no, I'm not going to go that far. No, I think his value is like maybe, maybe, maybe he he pushes himself to right around the rank number fifty. Yeah, yeah I think that's best case scenario, and and that's actually kind of what I'm saying is, uh, I, I was actually just considering him close to being undraftable or bottom of the draft, and he's sneaking up into those these um, you know six, seven, eight, nine rounds, and I think it's actually kind of warranted. I think he's going to play a lot more. He's going to be a, a, a bigger part of the offense, and he's going to get easier baskets with Lonzo there. I could see it. Um, I'm a little worried about Lonzo now for a different reason, and that's his health. I mean, we saw a groin injury in the summer league, and now he's got this ankle thing. They're just taking it easy with him. I'm not too worried about that. I don't know. I thought the same thing until I heard the thing about he went to practice and like all the players were saying that he couldn't cut. And I'm like, he can't cut like at all? Like, I mean – would you rather have Alonzo's uh, issue or Markel Fultz's inability to shoot a basketball? I mean, Markel Fultz is a whole different story. What the hell's Markel, going on over there? Markel Fultz. Well, I, I told you that story. Uh, I think we sure you, you on the told podcast. me about him suddenly on his own trying to change his his form, and for some reason, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, uh, some not intervening in, in this situation mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. Um. So where they're getting drafted, though, I mean, Fultz I've seen slipping to like yeah, bench Fultz, pick. Fultz slipped in our draft, and I I ended up taking him in our listener draft. And so if I have to pick Alonzo at fifty or Fultz at a hundred, I think I'm picking Fultz. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of an overrider. I got him in the in the ninth round. I was like, yeah, why not? What's 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 the worst that could happen? Uh, so back to where we're at here, the the guy I'm probably looking at, and we've talked about him a lot, is Vucevic. Um, he's going to shoot threes now. It could be a Julius Randle situation where it's not a good percentage. I don't think it will be. 
But he's going to give you good rebounds. I've talked about it a lot. I think he can take a step back to where he was two years ago. I don't really see any reason why he shouldn't. I think he shot poorly last year for I don't know why. I, it was just a bad year for him, and I think he takes a step back. And he gives us some good points. He gives us another steal a game, which not every center will give you a steal a game. I think the rebounds could be pretty sexy, and I think we need some yeah. rebounds. So that's probably where I'm at. Um, let's say Vujovic isn't available here, just, just randomly. Uh, is there any other bigs kind of sitting around in this area that you like um, to replace him, like a, a LaMarcus Aldridge? Or would you just go – or maybe even beautiful Bob Covington to just throw another wing in the mix? I probably would. I mean, I – Clint Capella? Clint Capella? I, I, don't, I don't think we want Clint here just because I think Clint could shoot a real bad free throw percentage potentially. Yeah, that could ruin our our three point our, our free throws, I mean. And that's one of our better better categories. And right we don't now. care about field goal and that's what he's great at. Yeah, so I don't really want him. I'm fine with Lamarcus here. I would probably take some of the other guys that are around over him in the sense that like I would take a guard or a wing who if they're still sitting here, like a Bob Cove or a Victor yeah. Depot, one of those guys. But I mean I don't hate our Eldridge here. No, I think there's a, there's a lot of different directions you can go here. And we always kind of get to this point in the sixth round where we're just like, oh, there's a lot of good guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of just guys who are all kind of ranked similarly that I wouldn't mind taking. You know, if Gary Harris is around here and if um, Aaron, you want to reach down for Aaron Gordon, feel free. Um, and that's how we usually end up. So this, I thought this was a pretty good one. We went guard heavy, and I, I think that's okay because that's the, the, the direction we want to go in. We don't care too much about our big man stats. And with Curry and Dame leading off the uh, this 10-man, 10-team uh, draft, uh, just solidified our ability to just score and hit three-pointers and uh, have good uh, steals and, uh, and assists. Marcus Gasol comes in with our third-round pick to boost our, our big man stats give us even more three-pointers, and help us with our assists, which was a, a smart move. Uh, Middleton in the fourth round comes in and once again boosts everything that we're already doing really well, but mostly hits our steals. And so now we're uh, hitting our stride in steals as well, and we're ignoring our field goal. We're ignoring our blocks. Uh, Schroeder, another bulk scorer, going to hit threes, going to give us assists. And then we went Vujovic or LaMarcus Aldridge just simply to get some more rebounds on the board and we'll probably be targeting rebounds later in the draft as well. Um, pretty good build. I like this Tyler. Uh, he's my favorite guy to pick. I, I've said it a million times. Yeah. Steph Curry, a very good build. Uh, I, I'm surprised. Uh, or it's, it's a little too bad. He didn't fall to you in the listener draft. I, I did get Anthony Davis, my favorite player in the listener draft. Uh, though I, I went in a weird direction with my draft, but you know, I, whatever. It's going to be an interesting year in the listener league. And so thanks for everybody who participated in that. And, and um, yeah, go here's, ahead. Here's a crazy thing I'll say about uh, rebounds as a category, because uh, that's kind of what we need here, right? Uh, guys like Zach Randolph sometimes don't get drafted. Eric Favors is always available late on. Like these are some guys I think who could be some pretty good rebounders. So I'm never too afraid to be light on rebounds. I hear a lot of guys saying that they want their big men early because rebounds dry up and big man stats dry up, like. It's all in so much you need and who you can find, right? Yeah. And, and I think you can find it if you're looking. And I want my I'm, I want my big man early if I'm getting an early big man. I don't want to reach down uh, for Clint Capella 
or even Vujovic. I don't want to reach down for Vujovic, even though I think I did it in the listener draft. But I put um, Vujovic at like outside the top fifty because I think he's yeah. a top fifty player, but probably in the forties, right? He's somewhere like forty-one to forty-nine ranked at the end of the season. So if I get him in the fifties, there's a nice little round of value for me. Um, yeah, I don't want to reach up for any of these big guys, really. I mean, other than Miles Turner and Chris Stapps, who I I could see picking in that second round. I, I'm not reaching up for any big man. If Marc Gasol's there at like 28, 30, sure, I'll take him. But I'm not reaching into the 20. At pick 20, I'm not reaching for Marc Gasol. No, I don't think you should. Because if you get one of those big men at the top, you know, Cousins or Anthony Davis, that's why you want those big men early because they are so far and away much, much better than these third-tier, fourth-tier big men that we're talking about here. Um, but you know, Marcus Ole, still a great pick to take a, a, in the third round, like we did to fit your build. And, uh, I like this Curry build. I think it's pretty good. Um, we only have one more, one more top eight player left in the, who do I draft series? So, uh, Tyler, you got anything to plug or, or, or anything uh, you're writing? Oh, let's see here. Things to plug. Nothing much to plug today. I, I'm going to save the plug for another day. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we can, you can find Tyler on Twitter at Watsy4444. That is four fours. And you can find me, Mike Catron, on Twitter at Watch the Boxes. Feel free, free to uh, tweet at us, DM us for uh, fancy advice. And if you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please rate and review it. It's, it's the best way you can help us continue to uh, keep providing this podcast uh, throughout the season. And uh, tell a friend, tell your league, and uh, graffiti it on on walls around your your town. Tell your parents, even though they're not interested in fantasy basketball, just tell them about it. Here's what you do. You just take your mom's phone, and you can rate and review the podcast, and you just click the little subscribe button on her phone, and then you just give it back to her. So here. That's that's a great idea. That's an excellent idea, Tyler. I love that idea. So yeah, if um, like I said, if you like what you're hearing, please help us out with a rating and review. And uh, I guess we'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, Tyler. All right. Have a good one.